carries the idea of ruling, liberating, or delivering. It's, it's not Judge Judy, it's not Judge Wapner, it's not the people's court. Uh, they, God used them, they became quasi-leaders of Israel, and basically God used them to deliver, to deliver his people out of oppression. And <clears throat> after all the studying I did in the past few weeks, it's funny because today, some thoughts pop into my head, and they go back to uh, one of Pastor Joe's messages where he says, when, when you want to step forward and do something for the Lord, uh, that's when the attacks come. And, and it came to my mind that <clears throat> sometimes the attacks or the deceptions, they're not really bad things. Like, for instance, uh, you know, I recently started a new job two, three days a week, over the past few six weeks or so, ever since I started, or I asked for this Wednesday night uh, to teach, uh, just started a new job, got more involved in the sound ministry, <clears throat> all the preparations for the night of worship, and I thought to myself, well, sometimes the, the distractions or the attacks on the enemy, they're not bad things. They're good things, and what he tries to <clears throat> what he tries to do is, is distract you. Um, you know, you don't really have time to do this. Or you're doing so much already, why do you, you don't need to do anything else. And then today, the conversation, Pastor Paul this afternoon carried it a little bit further, saying that, well, you know, how about if you look at it from the point of view, he says to you, well, they don't appreciate what you're doing. What do you want to do it for? And, and the ultimate goal that he has is to distract you. So you take your eyes off the Lord and bring your eyes into, into yourself. And then it all came together because the last, the last verse in the, in, in the book of Judges, Judges 21, verse 25, in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. And, and it just hit me that, that was, that's what the enemy wants. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to put us in that position. And that <clears throat> is really the whole message in the book of Judges, that Israel con continually got distracted, continually took their eyes off the Lord, began serving other gods, and then cried out to the Lord, and he, he gave them a deliverer. At this point, I want to, um, I have a lot of musical references. Unfortunately, you know, I, I don't want to admit it, but I am part of the Woodstock generation. <laughs> My wife was three at the time, so please don't clue her into what, she still thinks Woodstock is Snoopy's friend. So please don't clue her into what it really was. But there's one of their songs, Once in a Lifetime, says, you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? And <clears throat> I put together some, some scriptures from, mostly from Genesis. Genesis 13, 14, 17. <clears throat> and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, 
so that if a man could number the dust of the earth and your descendants could also be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. So this is the beginning. God gives them the land, of uh, the promised land. Moving a little bit further, Genesis 15, verses 12 to 15. <clears throat> now when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterwards they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried at a good old age. <clears throat> so God prophesied, told them that they would be oppressed, referring to when they went to Egypt. Now, the next part is, is uses uh, Joseph, who God used to bring them to Egypt because of the famine in the land. Now, I don't want to get too much into Joseph because I know that Bill Beaton is, is teaching on that. So I just have one, one scripture, Genesis 47, 4 to 6. And they said to Pharaoh, We have come to dwell in the land, because your servants have no pasture for their flocks. For the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now therefore, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said, spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your brothers, father and your brothers, dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. And if you have any competent men among them, and make them chief herdsmen over my livestock. <clears throat> now, if this was a fairy tale, it would be, and they all lived happily ever after. But we know that that's not the case. The Egyptians, again, everything was fine. Joseph was tight with Pharaoh. Everything was going fine. But as we heard just a little bit before, the, the Israelites were multiplying. Their descendants were going to be as the dust on the earth. I, I, these are my, the Egyptians, to me, were the yuppies. Mathematicians, astronomers, etc., you know, on their chariots, they would have, you know, two little stick figures, the mother and the father and the two children, and then two cats. They had no dogs, just cats. So, <clears throat> then God raised up Moses. Moses was a great leader used by God to bring them out of Egypt. <clears throat> God's whole purpose for the believer, for us, is to get us out of Egypt, the world and its ways, the place of slavery and bondage, through the wilderness with all its defeat, barrenness, and fragmentary enjoyment of God's resources into the land with its promise of supply and victory. And this is <clears throat> when, when, when people come forward on Sunday over the past few weeks, all the altar calls, this is the first step that they take in getting them, in getting out of the wilderness and in coming into his more knowledge of him, to the relationship with him. After Moses, Joshua, um, God raised up Joshua. Joshua was a great leader. He used by God to bring them into the promised land. Now, before we get into the promised land, there was one little, <clears throat> one little verse that, um, that God, or one little command that God gave to them. Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 8. 
when the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. Nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall cut, destroy their altars and break down their sacred pillars and cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. Sounds a little bit harsh. <clears throat> but God has a, a plan for his children. He always wants what's best for his children. The, <clears throat> the people in the land, they worshiped the Baals and the Asterisk, both, both kind of gods of fertility. The Baals more weather-related, which in an agrarian society, good fields, good crops, brings wealth. The Asterisk, goddess of love, sex, fertility, you don't really need to say more than that. So these are the gods that the people people worship. And how easy it, it, it would was, I mean, I, I read this just kind of as an example. We, we go into the land, the Israelites are used to farming in, in Egypt now for 400 years, you know, plenty of water, fertile land. And now they're in, now in the promised land, kind of arid, a little drier, and all this, and now these people, the, the Canaanites that are there, if they leave them, they stay. You know, they say, oh, these people are nice. We can get along with them. And then they, then after the first season, will their crops come up? And say, well, our crops are not nothing like yours. What did you do? And they say, well, you, you have to worship Baal. You have to worship the God. <clears throat> He's the one that that brings you to good crops. And so they they think about it and say, okay, yeah, that. Sounds, you know. Meanwhile, they didn't tell them about the how they prepare the land and fertilize it and all the other stuff that they did. And then when their crops come up and oh, they're great, they say, oh no, we got to keep worshiping this Baal. So God, God wants doesn't want those distractions. He wants to take those those temptations away from His people. Just like and God wants the best for His children, He wants to shield them from temptation. Just like, I mean, I don't want <clears throat> my grandchildren, I'm not going to let them watch The Sopranos or, heaven forbid, The Jersey Shore. It's just not, it's just not meant for that. It's just not good. It's, there's, there's no reason for it. So God always wants what's best for his children. The book of Judges detail Israel's incomplete possession of the land, their insufficient victory over evil, and their inconsistent manner of life. In 1 Corinthians 10.11, Paul says, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written down for our admonition upon whom the ends of the ages has come. In a broader perspective, it is essentially the story of a deteriorating nation, and as such, is a picture for us of a deteriorating Christian life. I mean, just in our country alone, how far removed are we <clears throat> from what our founding fathers had envisioned. I know I'm, I'm going back 
probably to the 70s. I don't remember the name of the show, Dick Van Dyke show. His husband and wife, twin beds. Never, never, and if they were in pajama, they were in pajamas and robes. And now you have a Victoria's Secret lingerie show on TV. I mean, it's just, it just didn't happen. So as, it just our whole culture has, has, has just moved so far away from, from what's proper. And it's just the ideals now. Well, there are no ideals now. Anything goes. Um, <clears throat> I remember when I was shopping for a, a Valentine's card. It's a Valentine's card, woman to woman. I say, whoa, I guess we've come a long way. I guess we've come a long way. I know that um, I, I was just shocked to see that. I was just shocked to see that, but it's accepted. It's the norm now. Now, <clears throat> the book of Judges, Warren Wiersbe's commentary, he opens with a couple of, uh, a couple of headlines. It says, uh, one of the headlines, family feud leaves 69 brothers dead. Powerful government leader caught in love nest. These are these could could basically come out of uh, out of today's newspaper. Um, and how far this how far removed from the end of the book of Joshua, where the people had 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 all these great victories, they had relied upon the Lord, and it, actually at the end of. At the end of the book of Joshua, he had made them make a covenant. Joshua 24, 23 to 27. Now, therefore, he said, put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your hearts to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us. For it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. And shortly thereafter, now that they're, they're, they're into the land. Now, in Joshua, they had... He had won many battles. They had relied on the Lord. But it was, they still had, had a lot of work to do. Just, uh, I mean, Desert Storm, when we went over in 1990, we, we did something, but then we left. So this is the same, kind of the same principle. Joshua had won, taken Jericho, won many battles, but a lot of the tribes had not gotten their allotment yet. There were still a lot of battles, still a lot of land to possess and they needed to rely on God at that time so what, what happened continue in, the, in the book of Judges happens continually at a time when they were blessed and at ease they would turn to other gods seven times seven times they said um, it says in the book of Judges so the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and the Asherahs. Therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of Cushan Rishamin, king of Mesopotamia. 
And then being oppressed by their enemies, they would cry out to the Lord and he would send a deliverer. The principle that always meant defeat in the lives of the nation of Israel is to give us, is in the very last of the book, because seven times it says the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the book ends with the children of Israel were doing right in their own eyes, which was evil in the sight of the Lord. It also says in those days there was no king in Israel. Obviously, there was a king. God was the king, but they just weren't focused on him. They didn't focus on him. They lost their focus. They, after they were delivered, <clears throat> they would lose their focus and they would turn away from him. Judges 2.19, And it came to pass, when the judger was dead, that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did, they did, not, cease from, they did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn ways. So now, if we can move into Judges chapter 1. Now, after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall be the first to go up, us, to go up for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Indeed, I have delivered the land into his hand. So Judah said to Simeon, his brother, come up with me to my allotted territory that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I will likewise go with you to your allotted territory. And Simeon went with him. Now, when I first read that, I said, well, God didn't tell you to ask anybody else. He, he, he told you he would deliver them into your hands, and, and yet, you know, maybe you, Judah didn't have enough confidence, didn't have enough faith. I read some commentaries that said, no, this, this was a good thing. It shows the Christian body working together. Uh, both of their lands were in the south. Simeon's land was, was part of the territory of Judah, and Judah was the strongest tribe. That's my opinion. I, I just don't know why Judah had to ask for help, but... Now again, that's just, that's just my opinion. Then Judah went up, and the Lord, the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand, and they killed 10,000 men at Bezek. And they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek and fought against him, and they defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Then Adonai Bezek fled, and they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. It's pretty drastic, but they cut off the thumbs. He's not a warrior anymore. So he, he's not leading anybody. And Adonai Basic said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off used to gather scraps under my table. As I have done, so God has repaid me. Then they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. So obviously Adonai Basic has a... Knows that it's divine justice that he was repaid. Whatever he reaped is what he is is what he sowed. So he was uh, again. He was just referring. It's almost like divine justice, and, and he he realized it. Now the children of Judah fought against Jerusalem, and took it. They struck it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. And afterward, the children of Judah 
went to fight against the Canaanites who dwelt in the mountains in the south and in the lowlands. Then Judah went against the Canaanites who dwelt in Hebron. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kirjath Arba. And they killed Shishai, Ahaman, and Talmai. These were the sons of Anak. In the book of Joshua, we remember Anak, they, they were giants. So the, these, were, these were giants, that they, these were his, his descendants. From there they went against the inhabitants of Debir. The name of Debir was formed with Kijas Sephir. And Caleb, who, who was one of the spies that had gone with Joshua into the Promised Land when they were still with Moses, and came back and said, while the other ten um, had bad reports, said, no, we can't do this, Joshua and Caleb, if you recall, had said, whatever the Lord, if the Lord is with us, we, we, we can basically, we can do anything. Then Caleb said, whoever attacks Kirjah Sefer and takes it to him, I will give my daughter Akshash as a wife. Akshash means adorned. So we kind of infer that uh, she was a woman of great beauty. I mean, if somebody was going to go out and risk their lives, you would think that that would be, that would be realistic. And Othniel, the son of Canaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. So he gave him his daughter, Akshash, as his wife. Now it happened when she came to him that she urged him to ask her father for a field. And she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you wish? So at this point, she, she's going to Othniel, saying, Ask my father for a field, ask my father for a field. But then, as turns out, a lot of times in a husband and wife, the husband doesn't really get a chance to talk. She got down, and, and she told him what she wanted. So she said to him, Give me a blessing, since you have given me land in the south, Give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. Now the children of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up from the city of Palms with the children of Judah into the wilderness, which lies in the south near Arad. And they dwelt and dwelt among the people. And Judah went with his brother Simeon, and they attacked the Canaanites who inhabited Zephath and utterly destroyed it. So the name of the city was called Hormah. Also, Judah took Gaza with its territory, Ashkelon with its territory, and Ekron with its territory. So the Lord was with Judah, and they drove out the mountaineers, but they could not drive out the inhabitants of the lowland because they had chariots of iron. This is a little bit disturbing. Obviously, Judah lost faith at this point because, because there had been plenty of... The Israelites had chariots. There was a big battle in Joshua chapter 11, where God had destroyed, I think, 10,000 chariots. So that there just had to be a lack of faith on, his, on Judah's part at this point. He took his eyes off the prize, took his eyes off the Lord, and now, now they fell back. At this point, I just want to kind of close, because I didn't think I would get that far, really. Um, another musical reference uh, Sarah Evans song and it kind of sums up to me what God is all what you know what God is in the sunlight or the rain brightest nights or darkest days I'll always feel the same way whatever road you may be on 
Know that you're never too far gone from my love, for my love is there wherever you may be. Just remember that you'll always be my baby. And I think that we are always God's children. He will never turn us away when we go to him. He's, uh, I don't know where I heard this recently. Um, He's the ultimate ATM machine. There's never any fees. You never get an insufficient balance notice when you try and, and get anything from him. He's always there to help. He's always there to be with you. He's always there to, to, to watch over you. All you have to do is ask him and have a relationship with him. And I just want to close in a word of prayer.